Welcome to Passion Life Church. morning, everybody. And uh, I'm just really excited about what God has for us today. Listen, before we dive in, can we just take a moment and can we just pray? Can we just invite God's presence right where you're at? Let's be aware of his presence today because I just believe that, you know, in our time together, the Bible says we're two or more gathered in his name. He's right there in the midst. And I believe God wants to do something miraculous in our life today. Could we pray? Come on, just eliminate the distractions. Let's pray. Father, we invite your presence right here today, Lord, in our heart, in our lives. And I pray, Lord, in this time that you would speak to us. By not only by your word, but by your spirit today. Father, you said in your word that we are to worship you in spirit and in truth. And today as we open the, the truth, your word, may your spirit lead us and guide us today. And we thank you for it. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, I didn't hear you say amen. Come on, say it loud. Say amen. We are continuing our series called God is my shepherd and my friend. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 23. That's what we're going to read together in just a moment. And I love Psalms 23. You know, Psalms 23 uses a shepherd as an illustration of who God is to us. Come on. The shepherd is a leader. The shepherd leads his sheep right? And uh, I love that when you look at sheep, the very nature of sheep is they're totally dependent on uh, a shepherd. They don't have claws. You know, they, they can't fight. They can't defend themselves. You know, they don't have uh, any type of, of fangs, right, to protect themselves. They totally rely on the shepherd to feed them, to protect them. And you know what I love about Jesus is this is the relationship that he wants to have with us. He wants to be our good shepherd. You know, the Bible talks about in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, that Jesus was just finishing some miracles and he was looking across a crowd of people. And it says that because he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, Jesus knows how helpless you and I can be. And so he compares us to sheep, but he says, hey, look, I want to be your shepherd. I want to protect you. I want to feed you. Come on, I want to take away your fears. I want to walk with you through life. What an incredible God we serve. You know, and this is how God set this up, that he would be our shepherd, that he would be our, uh, uh, we would be his sheep, he would be our shepherd and that the quality of life of the sheep would be based on who our shepherd is. Have you made him your shepherd today? Come on in the chat today. Put he is my shepherd. You know, Psalms 23, have you found it? Let's read it together as a church family. You know, I believe in confessing God's word and saying it together. Come on, Psalms 23, verse one. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I have entitled today, Victory in the Valley. You know, let's look at verse four. It says, David, who wrote this psalm, is saying, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. You know, I think we're living in a time right now where we're surrounded, come on somebody, by the shadow of death. You know, in this season, I think a lot of us are really realizing how fragile life can be. You know, some of us have lost loved ones. You know, we're going through some stuff right now with our family and and, uh, some of the things we, we see the shadow of death that is all around us. You know, many theologians believe that this Psalm, Psalm 23, David was quoting it to himself as he was looking down into the Valley of Eli when he was going and just about to fight Goliath. Now, that may add some perspective to when you read this Psalm that he was looking into this valley, he saw the giant, and yet he began to speak out who the Lord was to him. And I think that's important that as we go into valleys in our life, because we will, that we remind ourselves who the Lord is to us. And here's what I want to do today. I want to give us some perspective on the valley experiences that we have. I think it's so important how you view the valley. How you view the valley experience can determine whether you have victory in the valley. In the valley, You know, the misconception I think that happens to a lot of us when we become saved and we ask Jesus into our heart, we think that from that point on, everything's going to be a mountaintop experience. <laughs> I've had people say, man, when I received Jesus into my heart, man, there's trouble that came into my life. I understand. You know why? Because that's what the Bible says that in this world, John 16, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Now watch this. Jesus has already overcome the world. And so can you. Why? We can overcome, but because he came over, he, because he overcame, but listen, you're going to have to take heart. See, you and I are in this world, but we are not of this world. So we can overcome the world. Now, I want to, for us to understand that all of us go through valleys. All of us in life have mountaintop experiences. All of us have valleys. We do. And it's what you do in that valley and how you handle the valley that can determine the future of your life. You know, I want us to understand what's at stake in the valley. You know, usually uh, there's a valley before there's a great victory. I want to say that again. Listen, before there's a victory in your life, there's a valley that will happen. And I want to show you that because, you know, it's important that we understand that valleys are an indicator of new territory and new ground that's available for us to occupy. See, you may go be going through a valley right now, but how you see that is really important. And I kind of want to bring perspective. Listen, there's a reason why you're in the valley right now. And one of the reasons is, is because there is new ground, a new level. Come on. There's new territory that God wants you to occupy. We're going to see that in scripture today. And in order for you to step into the next level living of your life, often you have to go through a valley, right? You have to go through a valley. You see that in scripture, right? David's going to experience one of the most incredible victories in his life 
Where is it going to happen? It's going to happen in the valley in the valley of Eli. That's where he is going to defeat Goliath. Now, there's other valleys in the Bible. You know, there was a lot of battles that took place in valleys in the Bible. I counted like over 37. But you know what? There was another battle in a valley before God's people went into the promised land. The people of Israel, there was a valley called the Valley of Ishtal. It was a valley of decision. Are we going to take this land? Watch this. Are we going to take this new territory? Are we going to occupy new ground that God has for us? But you know what? Right before they stepped into the promised land, there was the valley of decision. Will we obey God and do what he says, right? Or will we do what we feel that we can do or what we can't do? And many people, two million people in the valley of decision walked away from their destiny. And instead of occupying new ground, they lost ground. I think that's so important that when we realize right now in our life, when we are in a valley, there's some new territory that we're either going to lose ground or we're going to gain ground. You know, there's also another valley called the Valley of Jezreel. And that was the valley where Gideon and the 300 men that he had overcame the Midianites. The battle was actually in the valley. And this is what happens in the valley. There's a battle in the valley. Now, let me just encourage you today, because today you may be going, you know, Pastor Phil, I'm on a mountaintop today. Things are going great. (laughs) I understand. And you may say, I don't really need this message. I want to encourage you. (laughs) There are valleys and there are mountaintops. And you may be on a mountaintop today. But tomorrow, there may be a battle waiting for you or a valley. So you need to take notes and you need to understand how to have victory in the valley. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Valleys come. Come on. Come on, somebody. Say a good amen. Now, what happens in this valley? When we're in a valley, there's a fight, right? Now, oftentimes when we get into a valley, there's a fight that we didn't choose. Come on, somebody. We didn't choose the bat. We didn't choose to be right now in a valley of disappointment. We didn't choose to be in a valley of discouragement, right? And so a lot of times there's a battle that we didn't choose. But here's some perspective, because I think this is so inspiring to me when I look at David's life. You know what David did? David actually chose the valley. All right, come on, somebody. Listen, I don't know why anybody would choose a valley. We would say, keep me out of the valley. I don't want to be in the valley. But you know what? Whenever you choose a valley, David chose a valley, or whether you don't choose a valley and you don't choose the fight, listen, the stakes are still the same. But this inspires me because David actually saw Goliath. He chose to walk in the valley. He chose to attack the giants. And giants will appear in the valley. Now, again, most of us would be like, I don't want valley experiences. Man, I don't want those low experiences. Man, I I don't like being in the valley. Listen, but I asked myself, why would David choose to walk in the valley of Eli? Why would David choose, knowing that there's giants in the valley, why would he choose to go into the valley? I'll tell you why. Because David knew what was at stake. 
And let me say it again, whether you choose to walk into this battle or not, the stakes are still (laughs) the same. But David knew what was at stake. David thought, okay, I've got two options here. What am I going to do? Do I want to lose ground in my life or do I want to gain new ground? If I just stand here and I'm just passive and I don't walk into this valley and I don't attack and fight this giant, I could lose ground. Hmm, that's an option, right? Or here's another option. Do I want to spend the rest of my life in slavery to the Philistines or do I want to spend the rest of my life in freedom? Hmm, what am I going to do, right? And here's what David was thinking. What kind of future will I have? Because this valley is going to determine, and what I do in this valley is going to determine what kind of future I have. Your future is at stake. Come on, this is powerful this morning. And some of us right now, you're in a valley. You're you're in a valley. You're in a valley of decision, right? And you have to ask yourself, am I willing in these moments to lose ground, lose my marriage, lose my family, walk away from my calling? Come on, somebody. Am I just going to lie down and do nothing and lose ground? Or am I going to live the rest of my life? Think about this. As a slave to fear, if I just passive in these moments? Am I going to live my rest of my life just a slave to sin and not fight against this addiction? Those, those are things that we have to think about in the valley right now. Now, many people like to just deny that they're in the valley. No, you know what? I'm just, no, 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 no. You can't just deny. You can't be passive. We've got to understand that there is a battle at stake, right? And the battles that are won or lost in the valley are very significant. And what you do, how you respond in the valley can determine whether you step into the next level that God has for you. And I'm going to say it again. Usually when there's new territory. Usually when there's new ground that God has for you, there's always a battle in a valley. Come on. Is this speaking to you today? I want to awaken us today to what's really happening in the, the, the valley. And this is why, because there's new territory, right? There's new ground. This is why the giants love to appear. The giants aren't just going to allow you to step into what God has for you. The giants aren't just going to allow you to, hey, experience the peace that God has for you. That's why in the valley, there are giants, you know, Giants are really opposed to you taking new ground. They don't want to see God's will happen in your life. They're opposed to you taking new ground in your marriage and in your family for you walking in your purpose. And as David looked into the Valley of Eli, guess what? There was fear all around him. That's why he was saying these verses, right? And as he looked, he saw this giant, this giant named Goliath. Now, come on. Goliath was between nine and 10 feet tall. He weighed about four to 500 pounds. Man, that is huge. That's a huge guy. You know, the Bible says that his spear alone, Goliath's spear alone was about 200 pounds. Goliath Goliath was the most famous giant in history, right? Now, all of us can be in a valley and all of us at times can face different forms of a Goliath in our life, right? And you may be facing, you may be in a valley and facing a giant. You know, I think in the Bible, names are significant. 
And so what I did was I looked up Goliath's name because your giant has a name. Hmm, come on, somebody. Your giant has a name. And so when I looked at the origin of Goliath from Gath, think about what his name means. Because the truth is, is when we look at Goliath's name, I believe it's representative of what giants attempt to do in the valley. All right. Are you ready? Look what Goliath's name means, right? It means to disgrace. And this is what giants do. They come to shame you. In the valley, in the low points of your life, the giants come to shame you. Goliath will try to make you think that you don't deserve God's grace. You may think you don't deserve God's grace right now because you're in a valley. And you think, how did I get here? Oh, God, I made mistakes. And maybe that's why you're in a valley, because you made some mistakes. But you know what? Giants are going to rise up. And Goliath, he's going to come to shame you. <laughs> Here's the next name for Goliath. This is what his name means, to expose. It means to expose. Goliath comes to expose your weaknesses, remind you of your weaknesses, remind you of how weak you really are. Listen, the giants are going to lie to you. Well, if you were stronger, maybe you wouldn't be in this valley, right? You are weak. Here's another uh, definition of Goliath's name. It means to drive away. And Goliaths appear to drive you away from your God-given destiny. This is what happened with the children of Israel. They saw the giants in the land. And the giants, <laughs> they didn't even come after them. Just the very appearance of the giants, the children of Israel were driven away from their promised land. I got to tell you, listen, the, 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 the giants want to drive you away from good relationships, godly relationships, from your church. Come on, from your calling. Here's another definition of Goliath's name. Are you ready? To strip. Wow. Goliath's come to strip what belongs to you. You know, when the children of Israel were heading into the promised land, that promised land belonged to them. God had given it to them. And you know what? When God gives me something, I want to take it. You know, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. Come on, say it today. Say, I'm going to take what belongs to me. Can I tell you what belongs to you today? Peace belongs to you by God's spirit. Come on. Joy belongs to you by God's spirit. Yeah, it all belongs to you. But Goliath wants to come to strip you of your peace, strip you of your, your joy. Listen, and some of us right now, we're facing the Goliath of discouragement. Can I ask you, are you going to allow him to strip you of what belongs to you? No, I am not going to do that. Now, you need to know, giants are aggressive. Some of us are experiencing that today. Giants speak to you. You know, Goliath spoke to David. He demeaned David. He tried to do all of these things that we just described. We have speaking giants. But here's what I want to ask you today. The giants are speaking, but what are you saying? What are you saying to these giants, right? Because David spoke back to his giants. David addressed the giant. David 
attacked his giants in the valley. And I want to look at how David won the victory in the valley, because I believe because he wrote Psalm 23, he can teach us, right? And so let me give you five ways we can have victory in the valley. Are you ready? Here's number one. When you're in the valley, keep walking. (laughs) Keep walking. David said, yay, though I walk. Listen, Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. In other words, David said, when I walk into this valley, I'm not going to camp there. I'm not going to let the valley stop me. Listen, I want to ask you, if you are in a valley right now, have you allowed the valley to stop your prayer life? Stop you from reading God's word. You need to keep walking. You need to keep moving. We get so preoccupied with the valley sometimes. How dark it is, how big it is. We need to shift our focus and continue to move forward. Keep walking in the valley. Yea, though I walk. Listen, keep walking by faith. You know, David, it was saying this. He's saying, I may be in the valley, but you know what? Because God is with me, I am going through the valley. Come on. That's a good word. You may be in the valley, but let's be encouraged, right? You're in it, but you are going through it. And I have a word for you today. Seasons change. You're not going to be in the valley forever. No, you're not. Seasons are changing. I believe that our seasons are changing in Jesus name. Can I just encourage you? Keep moving in the valley. Don't stop and have a pity party in the valley, right? Don't stop in the valley and buy a house, right? Don't camp here. Listen, don't expect your current situation to be your final destination, right? Your current situation, the valley is not your final destination. Go on. Somebody say a good amen, right? You are going to have victory in this valley, but you got to keep moving. Come on. You got to keep looking forward. You got to keep having that vision. Yea, though I walk through, you are going through the valley. Amen. Here's number two. If we're going to have victory in the valley, we're going to have to face our fear. You're going to have to face your fear. See, either your fear is going to rule you or you're going to rule fear. Come on. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear does not come from God, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And listen, are you going to let fear strip you of your ability to love and receive love, right? Are you going to allow fear to strip you of the very power that belongs to you? Remember, that's what Goliath wants to do. He wants to strip you of your power. Come on, are you going to allow fear to invade your mind where you no longer have a sound mind. That's not God's plan for your life. But here's the reality. If you don't face your fear, if you don't stand up, well, Pastor Phil, you know, I'm afraid. I know fear is all around. But can I just remind you today that the presence of the Lord is with you? You know, when David stepped into that valley, all of the army of Israel was paralyzed with fear. And this is what fear will do. It's going to keep you from walking through the valley. It's going to stop you in the valley. Fear paralyzes people. I mean, you think about the top military people from the Israel army were standing on the sidelines in fear. 
But watch this. This so inspires me. You know, the Bible says that David not only walked in the valley, not only did he see Goliath, but the Bible says he ran towards the battle. He ran towards the Philistines. I like to say it this way. David attacked his giants. See, we could just sit here and go, well, you know, I'm under attack. How about you stand up and instead of being on defensive, we get on offensive and we attack our giants. You attack the giant of discouragement. You attack the giant of fear. Come on, we need to attack the, the, the giant of debt. Come on, somebody, today. But we've got to stand up. And I've learned that from David. David attacked his giants. Come on, what do you need to be attacking today? Facing your fear. Here's number three. If we're going to have victory in the valley, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to ignore the negative. You're going to have to ignore the negative. You know, before David fought Goliath, who was the most famous giant, do you know that he fought other giants? Yeah, he fought other giants. Can I give you a couple names of these giants? How about this one? The giant of mischaracterization and criticism. David comes to the battle doing what his dad told him to do. He's bringing cheeses and he's bringing breads to his brother. And then when he does, Goliath shows up, huh? Right in the valley, here appears the giant. And you know what's interesting is that David starts to ask, all right, so what happens to the person who kills this giant? And his brother, Elap, his oldest brother said, hey, David, listen, I know you. I know your pride and your insolent of heart, for you have come down to see the battle. In other words, his brother starts to criticize him and demean him, mischaracterizing David's heart. Now, we know David had an incredible heart, a heart after God, a man after God's own heart. And so, listen, there is a giant of mischaracterization and criticism that will try to define you. David that day was going to be a hero. David that day was going to cut Goliath's head off. Are you hearing me? But you know what? The first giant that he had to overcome was people mislabeling him, mischaracterizing what he wanted to do and what was in his heart. And thank God that he didn't quit. What about this giant David had to overcome before he got to Goliath? I call it the giant of comparison. David stands before Saul, who is the king. I mean, that's an influential person. And Saul says, you can't do this. You can't kill that guy. Listen, you're too young. And then David starts to say, hey, listen, Saul, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. God was with me and God is still with me. And he will be with me when I stand against that giant. And, you know, Saul's like, okay, all right, listen. But if you're going to go out there, put on my armor. And David says something. He says, you know, that armor is not tested. I haven't, this is not what I have practice in. Can I just encourage you? Be aware of people that are trying to put their armor on you. Watch this. Be aware of people who are trying to put their expectations on your life. Let me say it this way. Let's be aware of people who are trying to put their failures on us because they couldn't do it. I wonder why Saul didn't kill Goliath. Come on, somebody. But you know what? David would. 
But there's this giant of comparison where people can be saying, hey, look, if I couldn't do that, my aunt couldn't do that, our family couldn't do that, I don't think you can do that. You know what? You need to attack that giant of comparison and say, I am a child of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. I am not you. I am me. Come on, somebody. But you know what I find interesting about all of these things that David are going through with Saul, his brothers, and those I'm calling giants today, right? The giant of comparison, the giant of of criticism, Goliath. You know what giants do? Giants really reveal what you truly believe about yourself. That's, that's, it all comes back down to your identity. You know what I love about David is that in all of this, he knew who he was. And see, when you know who you are, you know what you could do. David, out of thousands of men, knew that he could kill that giant because God was with him. And let me encourage you today in the valley, in the valley that you're in, God is with you. The same God that was with David who is with you today. Come on. God is ministering to us today. Come on. We need to ignore the negative if we're going to have victory in the valley. Come on. I just feel right now by God's power, there has been some negative voices that are trying to define you. In Jesus' name, Father, we break that negative voice off of people in their mind today, the shackles that are trying to form people. Lord, in Jesus' name, come on, we ignore the negative. Here's number four. If we're going to have victory in the valley, we need to focus our eyes on opportunity. Yeah, the valley's not fun. Yeah, giants are scary. But I want to remind you of the bigger picture in the valley. The bigger picture is that there is a new territory for you to occupy. There's more ground that God wants you to cover. Come on. There's new experiences that God wants you to have in your marriage and in your family. We have to open up our eyes to opportunity. This is why David walked into the valley. This is why when he saw the giant, he says, there's opportunity in the valley. Phil, what are you talking about? David was asking when he saw Goliath, so what do I get when I defeat the giant? Can I ask you a question? What happens to you when you defeat the giant in your life? What happens to you on the other side of the valley? Oh, that's something to think about. You know, we studied this in our last series that we were, we were calling, if not now, when. Remember Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16? It says, making the most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. This is David's mindset. There's a valley. There is Goliath but there's still opportunity. Woo! And I'm going to walk through the valley. I'm going to kill the giant because of what lies on the other side of the valley. See, that's what gets me excited. I wonder for you what lies on the other side of this valley. That's where I want to keep my eyes. That's where I want to keep my vision, right? And David saw in this valley a great opportunity to kill the greatest giant of his time. Woo!
an incredible victory. And I believe that's what can happen in the valley. There's valleys, but valleys are there. So you can have an opportunity to have an incredible victory, just like David did. Listen, can I just encourage you? Champions are made in the valley. David was anointed king and he was anointed king way before he walked into this valley, way before, listen, he went and attacked Goliath. But you know what? People saw the champion that day in the valley. You know, I love what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said, mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is grown in the valleys. Can I say it this way? Mountaintops inspire leaders, but valleys mature them. And it was in the valley that David the champion that he was, was exposed. Do you know, I feel like I've been in a valley (laughs) for the last seven or eight months. And I was telling my wife, I said, you know, some of the things that I've learned in this valley of COVID-19, here's what I've learned. I've learned that God is faithful. I've learned that I'm stronger than I thought I was. Come on, somebody. I've learned that God's power has not diminished just because I'm in the valley. I've learned that I'm more patient than I thought I was. Come on. I'm still here. I'm still moving forward. And I'm learning that. And I've learned that God still has a plan and is still touching people right in the valley. Come on. And so what happens in the valley is we focus on the low, we focus on the valley instead of focusing on the opportunity. Come on, let the valley bring out the champion in you. Oh, come on, this is a good word. Come on, let Goliath bring out the champion in you. Let Goliath, that opportunity, let you see the power of God. Come on, somebody. Man, I feel like we we need to give God a praise. Come on, what's on the other side of the valley? Victory. Let me ask you this. What's on the other side of the addiction, the valley of addiction, freedom? Come on. What's on the other side of the valley of depression, joy? That is why you have to set your eyes on the opportunity and what's on the other side of the valley. I put this in my notes. Valleys provide the opportunity for us to experience the power of his presence. I do not like to use the word problems anymore. I like to use the word opportunities. I've taken out the word problems and saying, this is an opportunity to see God's uh, power. This is what David did. This is why he walked in the valley. He says, you see that, that Goliath? This is an opportunity for us to see the protection power of God in our lives. And David killed Goliath and he cut his head off. Come on, somebody. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to cut the head off of discouragement and depression in Jesus' name. We've got to cut the head off of fear. Come on, somebody, so it doesn't resurrect itself up in our lives. There's victory that we can experience in the valley. Here's number five and the last one for today. If we're going to have victory in the valley, we need to hold fast to the confession of our faith. I love that as David's looking at this valley and he sees Goliath, he begins to say, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. 
Wow, he begins to confess God's promises. He begins to confess God's word. Listen, don't let your circumstances change your confession because it's your confession that's going to change your circumstances. The Bible says that we are to see the mountain and speak to the mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea. Mountains are problems. Listen, You've got to speak to that mountain. You can't let the mountain change what's in your mouth. You need to speak to the mountain and tell it to move for it to change. Right? So what we say in the valley matters. This is why when Goliath began to taunt David and derade him and degrade him, David spoke up and he spoke and he knew who he was. He spoke God's word. You know, Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith. Listen, don't lose what you're professing in the valley. Hold fast to your profession of your faith without wavering for he is faithful that promise. Listen, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. See, when we're in the valley, we can lose perspective of the presence of God in our lives because we think that in the valley that somehow God has left up. Can I remind you of his promise that he never leaves you, that he never forsakes you? He's with you in the valley. This is why we can have victory in the valley. But you know what? When we are professing God's promises, when we're professing God's promises, it makes us more aware of his presence. You know, when David looked at that giant, he looked at him and said, wow, he's tall. Nine feet, 10 feet tall, that's tall. But then he stopped and he looked at the size of his God. And he realized that God was the biggest giant in that valley that day. And that God is on your side. David knew this God is on my side. And you know what? When God is for you, there's no valley low enough and no giant big enough to stop you. Come on. If God be for you, who can be against you? Nobody. Come on, say it with me. Say, I'm walking through this valley. Come on, say it loud. Say, I'm walking through this valley. Say, I will have victory in this valley in Jesus' name because God is with me. Come on, give him a good round of applause today. I believe we're going to have victory in this valley. There's not a giant that's big enough to take on you and our God together. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let me pray for you today, Father, in Jesus name. Lord, you are the lifter of our head, Father. And Father, today we thank you for your presence that no matter where we are, you never leave us and you never forsake us. And I just speak today to discouragement in the name of Jesus discouragement. You have to go. We address you. We know your name. We know that you are a giant and you, we know you are coming against us, but we also know that God has new territory for us. Come on, that God has new ground for us to take. And I just come against those today who are battling discouragement today, that giant in the valley. And I want to tell you that God is with you and God has never lost a battle. 
Come on. He's the mighty warrior and he's on your side. Can you focus on his presence? Come on. Can you press into his presence today? Come on. Can you think more about him and the victory that he wants to bring about in your life than thinking about the valley and how low the valley is, how big the giants are? Come on. Press into his presence today. today. Press into his presence today. Father, we worship you. Lord, we just thank you because you are good in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a powerful word today. I just sense the presence of God. And uh, I believe that there is no valley that is <laughs> that is low enough. There is not a giant that is big enough to stop what God has for you and your life today. He's called you. Listen, he hasn't called us this far just to leave us, but he is with us. Let's have a vision for the other side of the valley. Let's have a vision for the victory today. Can you do it? I know you can. Come on, can you give him one more big round of applause? Come on, put some emoji applause in the in the chat today. So glad that you were able to. Did you get something out of this? It's powerful, powerful. Listen, next week we're going to take communion together. Um, it's, I, I just believe it's such an incredible time. So listen, don't miss next week. And before we go, we always like to give you an opportunity to give. You know, the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. But it says give and that word there, right? It, it denotes that God has given to you. Come on, has God been good to you in this season? Come on, he never asks us to give what we don't have. He asks us to give out of what he has already given to us. And so I'd love for you to partner with us to begin tithing. Come on, somebody. We need to attack the giant of greed in our life, the, t- uh, the giant of selfishness. It's going to hold us back from what God has for us. This is a way we do it, by giving. And listen, if you'd like to give today, there's a couple of giving options. You can text PLC Marietta to 77977. It's as safe as online banking. Some people like to still send us checks and we thank you for that. And you can simply go to passionlifechurch.com and slash give. And uh, thank you guys. Let me pray real quick. Father, I just thank you for you blessing your people. Lord, you said that you bless us so we can be a blessing. And we're going to talk about this next week. Our cup runs over when you are our shepherd. When we are following you and you are leading us, we can have a cup that is running over. When it's running over, it's not just for us, but it's, it's running over for others to help people. So Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to your word in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Listen, we love you. Have a great day and we will see you next Sunday.